0: Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians Vitor, the Beit Tahila Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Ready to go? You ready? ready? Prepared? Yes. Oh yeah. You know he's got some notes today, right? Oh yeah, we got some notes. Like this is good stuff. I would venture to say, on a weekly basis, if we had to like compare notes, you have at least double
1: what I have on any given. That's me. I'm the big note guy.
0: I know you are. But I'm just saying that's just yeah. you're always prepped. You have everything ready to go. Torah
1: questionnaire and all that stuff. You your eyes are dotted. The notes, T's the, are crossed. Some free commentary.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh thank you for, for watching. If this is your first time watching, we are Christians with Torah. We believe in the normal Christian doctrines, and we also believe that the Bible is relevant from Genesis all the way to the maps in the back, right? Which means The whole bible is relevant to believers lives today and so we look at the scriptures through that lens and we are in the book of matthew we've been in the book of matthew for about 51 episodes
1: or so over a year
0: yeah um normally we do things in like the Torah cycle because for four years we did the torah portions so if you have questions about the torah torah portions or there's a specific portion you can actually search on our podcast and go back and listen to any of those about the tour portion, there's at least four episodes on every tour portion, plus interviews with special guests from Israel and other places. Oh, yeah,
1: it's a buffet, man. They, we it t- is, it's, it's really is. There's a lot in there, it's a buffet, it and, is. and I think people are, are, are tuning in. I guess I saw over 80,000 wow for five years, yeah, yeah. That's not bad, that's, that's not bad at all. That's pretty good. That's some, that's some listens, yeah. There's some repeat listeners in there, yeah. Right? But I'm just saying that I looked up all time. Just yeah. on the podcast, just on the oh, just on the audio only. Yes. Yeah, that's not even YouTube, that's Facebook, 80, or Eighty something thousand after wow. five years. So yeah, that's good. And, it if, is. and If it's reaching a remnant, it's doing its job.
0: Yeah, I think I think one of these days I need to get like an intern to like start splicing up our videos into little stuff, you know, because people's attention span is like like five seconds, maybe six seconds.
1: Well, if something's like less than an hour, you can handle it. Yeah. Well,
0: that's that's what you say. It. You know, I'm not going to disclose your age, but. Well, you know.
1: I mean, yeah, you can do like a. That's what I kind of do. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's an hour long. Listen, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, then 20 minutes there, and you got it. And
0: you got it. You got it. All right, so we are in chapter 21 of the book of Matthew. We're going to do verses 1 through 22 today, and it starts with the triumphal entry. Yeshua enters
1: Jerusalem. All right, and I'm going to read. Oh, I want this. Uh, I want this feature here. The choice scriptures. Oh, yes. He goes right into Jerusalem. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find a donkey tied, and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Sion, Behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon a donkey and a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their clothes and they set him thereon. Wow. So there's this donkey, the mama donkey and the, and the baby donkey. Ma-
0: mama donkey and a baby donkey. So they're together. So he rides on the smaller one. Is that right? Interesting. I believe so. I, I mean, I believe so as well. But I'm just, We'll see. Let's let the, let the story develop. Okay.
1: We'll okay. read into I see, it. I
0: see. You gather the, the beast and then sure. you ride the beast. Sure. So right now we're just gathering it. Okay. So um, Jerusalem is the city of the great king. And you can find this in Psalms 48, verses 1 and 2. And Pastor Nick's going to go there and find oh, yeah. that for us. I'll, do that. I'll tell you what this this time around i really enjoyed going back and reading the scripture verses because these guys quote them like they reference them but they're not exact quotes
1: right great is the lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our god in the mountain of his holiness beautiful for situation the joy of the whole earth is mount zion on the sides of the north the city of the great king wow that's his book Yeah, so the joy of the whole earth. Right. So I would recommend if
0: if you ever have this question like, hey, why is the land of Israel important? Why is Jerusalem important? I cannot recommend enough the book, The Joy of the Whole Earth, which it's titled after that scripture. Lars and Arson. By Lars and Arson. So you should pick that up. Uh, You can look at ArielMedia.com, I believe, and you can you can find it and order it and it'll come straight to you. Um, but so so Jerusalem is the city of the Great King which we just discovered that and it's the center of Israel's religious life and Messianic expectations everybody knows
1: the Messiah is gonna rule from Jerusalem and we believe that the Garden of Eden is in Jerusalem it it was I believe is yeah I wonder like is it it just like
0: the way we see it it's gonna like just change It's interesting
1: though you know if that's true that theory is true right and so
0: um, in this case right so it says that he was uh, had come out of Jerusalem right and he, or not out of Jerusalem, he's drawing near to Jerusalem, but he goes to Bethpage. And so Bethpage is traditionally located less than a mile east of Jerusalem on the southeast slope of the Mount of Olives. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. On the southeast slope of the Mount of Olives, which rises uh, 2,660 feet above sea level and lies to the east of Jerusalem directly overlooking the temple area. So, uh, whenever we're saying something's like right outside Jerusalem, we're talking about the old cities. Something's outside the walls. Am, am I correct in kind of assuming that? Because, yeah. like, if we go to present day Jerusalem, it's a huge big city, right? I mean, right. and so most of Jerusalem, the present day city, is surrounding the old city. Um, and so the Mount of Olives, right, is right there. And we're talking this is on the southeast slope of the Mount of Olives. Now, uh, as we move on into verses four through seven, it says, All this was done, right? So you get the colt and the donkey. It says, All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon a donkey, and a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the donkey and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. So out of respect, right? They took their clothes. They sat it on there as a pad on the back of the donkey. Yeah. And then they put him on it. So uh, are you going to find Zechariah 9-9? Sure. So the prophecy of Yeshua riding on a donkey into Jerusalem as a king can be found in Zechariah 9-9. And I had the question, is there any other examples of a king riding into Jerusalem on a donkey? Or is it like he wouldn't do that?
1: Interesting. Um, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon a donkey and upon a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the King ju- is
0: Zion. So just and having salvation. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Hmm. Is that? Did we say those two things because there's like a balance in between? Just meaning like bringing judgment. Well, no, nice. Because really, if somebody's just, the salvation is only for the righteous, right?
1: Well, these, these prophecies are very interesting. Mm-hmm. It is because it's like a mosaic. You got to pull it out of here, pull it out of there. That's right. Here a little, there a little.
0: We were talking about that last night.
1: A little of the mosaic idea. You got to pull the mosaic and make a picture.
0: Because think about it. You know this this prophecy in Zechariah. Uh, we're you know we're focused. You know, hey, your king is coming, just and having salvation, and the idea of riding on a donkey. Did the Jewish people at that time? Even the religious people, did they know, hey, the Messiah will ride into Jerusalem on a donkey? Is this something that's like widely known or did not everybody know this prophecy? I I bet a
1: lot of people knew.
0: Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. I mean, I know obviously Matthew did, but I, you know, because that begs the question, like, did they do this to fulfill the prophecy? Obviously, Yeshua did. But did everyone know that that's what was happening? I guess maybe the
1: the word got out. Yeah, Maybe.
0: Yeah. yeah, 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 maybe. Hey, hey, check this out, you know.
1: This is a prophecy. This is, he's so this doing is something this. to say, hey, he's the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
0: interesting. It is, it is. So when Yeshua entered Jerusalem on a donkey's colt, he affirmed his messianic royalty as well as his humility. Because he could have ridden in on like a white horse, right? Oh, yeah. And he's going to ride in on a horse next time. Uh, on the practical side, what better way to lead... An unbroken colt for its first ride down a crowded road than to have its mother with it
1: oh compassion the, the Bible says I guess it's in Proverbs a righteous man shows mercy to his beast yeah so just like pulling a donkey out of a ditch or right 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 but um, yeah this right here is a uh, is very interesting um,
0: well I know all because, about it. I, mean, know, I had donkeys and I had a donkey foal and she had a, a colt. And uh, it's, you know, you want to get him to be able to be ridden, you got to start. And, but it helps if the mother's there, you know, because then he'll just walk alongside you her. You know, it's
1: interesting that uh, when the British retook Jerusalem, General Allenby walked through the gates because he wasn't worthy to ride in on anything because of, of the respect for Jesus, the Messiah. Really? It's a true story. General Allenby walked in the city because he said he wasn't worthy to ride in anything. Huh. Because that's what Jesus did. So he didn't want to take away from him, General Allenby. Interesting. Yeah. True story. I like that. Yeah. That's kind of neat, you know. And of course, we know he's going to come in on a white horse. Do you want to go ahead and read Hosanna to the son of David? Verses 8 through 11?
0: That's right. So now the people react, verses 8 through 11. It says, And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee.
1: Wow. So what two things did the people put in the way of Yeshua's path?
0: They threw their garments, and they had pulled like palm branches, right? This branches is where Palm Sunday trees, comes
1: from, right? Branches
0: from the trees. So they took their branches and they threw them on the, on, the, on the street in front of them.
1: So, you know, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee, Matthew chapter 21, verses 9 through 11. So this is, of course... Uh, verse 11 but this is some form of identity look right this is the prophet from nazareth there's yes. some form of identity there well
0: yeah think about the contemporary like if you're trying to say who is this guy right have right. you heard of the prophet from nazareth yeah yeah because that's i mean Can anything good come out of nazareth if somebody were to tell me this is jesus the prophet from nazareth i would know who they were talking about Can anything good come out of nazareth You know,
1: uh, I want to say this, though. Yeshua grew up in the northern kingdom of Israel, which is Ephraim.
0: Come on. And most of his
1: uh, miracles were done in the northern kingdom. How interesting. Yeah. If you go back and look at his miracles, most of them were done in the northern kingdom. That was a little commentary that I have to go back and look. So, yeah. So, basically, uh, Yeshua grew up in the northern kingdom of Israel. You know, uh, they saw a marvelous light there. I believe it was Zebulun and Naphtali, that area, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, prophetically speaking, for the tribal inheritance, geographically speaking, so it would be only fitting that he would uh, do what he did when he went to Samaria and all these other cool places. Yeah, yeah. The statement, "Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord," can be found in Psalm one eighteen, verse twenty six. You want to go there? I will. Baruch haba b'shem Adonai.
0: Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord what a what a great um, statement you know Uh, so this is Psalm 118 verse 26 and it says blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord we have blessed you from the house of the Lord Wow read that again Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. There's actually here, let me read this whole little section, 25 through 28. It says, Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God. I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever.
1: Wow. You know, uh, just so you know, I I went there. I'm going there. Um, As you know, a king in Zion, so in Zechariah 9, 9, he comes riding in on the donkey. But I want to read, because this is very interesting, and I'll read some scriptures, but there's another prophecy further down. Where we find the prophecy of Yeshua riding a donkey into Jerusalem, we have another prophecy about Judah and Ephraim. In Zechariah chapter 9, verses 13 and 14, this is what it says. When I have bent Judah for me, filled the bow with Ephraim, and raised up thy sons, O Zion, against thy sons, O Greece, and made thee as the sword of a mighty man. And the Lord shall be seen over them, and his arrow shall go forth as the lightning, and the Lord God shall blow the trumpet, and shall go with the whirlwinds of the south. So here's a prophecy about Judah and Ephraim. uh, Very, very interesting. Um, I mean, it's right there. So here's the the two houses, Ephraim and Judah. Ephraim's the arrow, Judah's the bow, and God's going to shoot them out. And there's going to be a blast of a trumpet. They're going to fight against the sons of Greece. You know, and what is Greece, but the...
0: uh, Hellenistic mindset. Yeah, the the,
1: the groin area. Oh, good. And the image of Daniel. Yeah, belly and thighs of brass. Yeah. So that's uh, where we get all the statues, the naked statues and things. This is where we get all the weird... Greek Greek mindset. Deviancy that we have in our culture today. So that's a prophecy that's very interesting that we need to talk about, because we know that Ephraim is among the nations. They are the non-Jews. They're not Jewish. They're and not Judah. And
0: Judah shot him out.
1: And <laughs> Judah's going to shoot Ephraim out. He's going to be the arrow. So Ephraim needs to know where he's going. Tip of the spear. He knows how to hit the mark. So that's uh, just uh, food for thought. Just some tidbits there that you can look back at and look and see. I, I encourage all of you to study uh, Ephraim. Go back and find that word mm. and start to tracking. Yeah. Because he's alive and well at Beit Tehillah. Yep. And in the nations. That's right. And so you can't argue the fact That he would become a multitude of people. It's like the International House of Pancakes. Right. It's like, uh, you know, all the different ethnic groups and colors. And and it's funny how race is such an argument right now. Well, and,
0: you know, to that point, there's so many people out there that twist even the Ephraimite, all the ideologies into so many different, like, weird ways. Yeah, there's twisted
1: things out there. But, I mean, just saying that as you you keep it in context, it makes perfect sense. Now, it's not for everybody and everybody's going to get it and everybody's going to do it. But it's what God is doing in the earth. Yeah. So if you if you stumble upon this, <laughs> yeah. keep stumbling. Uh, discuss how you recognize Yeshua as the multitude recognized him as the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I, I came up with the Savior of the world. That's how I recognize him. Wow. I recognize him first like when I like because it was almost like that hey what when you know those things they do like word association
1: because you were raised in the church what's the first thing that comes
0: to mind when this is somebody says this word you know so it's almost like that when somebody says Jesus what do you think Savior of the world that's the
1: first thing that comes to my Uh, mind as you as far as recognizing him yeah
0: yeah he's my Savior but
1: he's also the Savior of the world but like the first thing that comes to mind is that he's the Savior because I was raised Catholic he was up on the cross right so I knew Savior 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 but I wasn't born again right so when I became born again I cried out to him yeah Savior there's Save auth- me.
0: you know, I think other people may come up like with the first thing that comes to mind is Lord, He is, He is the Lord, you know, Yahweh and Yeshua, right? He's a king, the Rechad, King of Kings. He is a king, right?
1: The king, he's a servant, of kings. He's, he's is, a healer, absolutely. He can multiply food. I would love to have him yeah. in my kitchen.
0: And I would say, just kind of like we mentioned already, I would recognize who they're talking about if somebody said Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. I would know who that is.
1: Yeah, you would.
0: But. If I were to tell someone else about Jesus, that's not what I would say. (laughs) Jesus, you know, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee?
1: Oh, yeah. I've heard of him. Yeah. (laughs) I think I saw that on Netflix. (laughs) No, I recognize Jesus as my Savior back in March of 92. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So let's move on to Yeshua cleanses the temple, Ryan. And you get to read verses 12 through 17. Now he's got his triumphant entry, and he wants to rule and reign, you know, in in Jerusalem. So he's going to go and clean house.
0: I love these verses because it makes me feel good. You know what I mean? About like being a righteous zealot, you know, sometimes. And so here we go. It says, starting in verse 12, uh, going through 17, it says, Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves and said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the Son of David, they were indignant. And said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read? Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise. Then he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, he lodged, and he lodged there. Wow. So the first thing I notice, I don't know if you picked up on this, but Matthew, and he's writing this, writes, then Jesus went into the temple of God. What temple? The temple of God. (laughs) In case you were wondering which temple, it's the temple of God. So there's that. Now, of course, I think there's other manuscripts that omit of God, but it you know what we have here in my New King James Version of the Bible
1: is the Temple of God. Well, for the sake of time, we won't read it, but this is the second time Yeshua cleared the temple.
0: Oh, the second. Oh, we definitely should read this. The first. Let's one. do it. Let's do it. I'm gonna John
1: go. 2, 13 through seventeen.
0: Do you know why we're gonna go there? It's right in the beginning of his ministry, too. Because this is
1: this is good stuff. Of course, John proves that Jesus is God, the deity of God. Yeah. All the right. Deity of Jesus of Yeshua. That's right.
0: All right. So. Chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, it says, Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand. Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, whereas the the King James says a scourge, when he had made a scourge of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the uh, the changers' money and overturned the tables. And said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Wow. So a couple of things I notice here. He calls it my father's house. He says, this is my this is my father's house. Right? Yeah. I mean that. For him. What did Jesus, he said, this is my father's house. And we talk about the temple as Christians as if it's like done away with the Torah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, come on. We have to grow up. So, but. It says he. So this is a premeditated event. This isn't like he came in there, got angry, and like started throwing stuff around. I think that's how. I think he looks around first. Well, he looks around, then he goes and he has to find cords, then he braids them up into a whip, and then he comes and starts whipping people. So
1: I think at one point he like looked around, then he came this the second time. I think is when he looked around, noticed something, and then he came back. I don't. You know, I, I got to go back and look at it and keep it in context. But yeah, there was something along those lines, like.
0: But, so this, and also the next verses, right? There's this idea that Jesus is expressing anger, right? Oh, Almost man. like he's kind of flying off the handle, and he does these like harsh, haphazard, like you know, uh, what do they call it? Um, like off the cuff, but what do they say? It's knee, knee jerk reactions. And I don't think that that was his style, right? I don't no, think I this knew is what he was doing exactly. So what he's doing is he's making a demonstration and a point. I can't think of any other example in Scripture where Jesus literally revolt, reverts to violence because that's what needed to be done to to do to make a point.
1: Yeah, he definitely, uh, you, 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 you poked the bear too much. But he
0: cleared the temple twice. So I've heard different things. I don't really understand all of it, but the second temple has a court of the Gentiles, right, which is where this is happening. And the court of the Gentiles is, is the, also called the court of the women. Am I right in saying that? I'm not sure. So it's an open court. And it's a place for people to gather, because if you're a Gentile or a woman, you can't pass the wall of separation right. to go into the next court, the right. court of Israel, which is before the temple, to go into the holy place, right? right? You can't pass a certain point. And then if you're not a Levite, or a, you know, there's there's
1: steps. There was actually a walkway from the Mount of Olives to the temple that only the priests could travel on.
0: Right. Well, they're just that. trying to make sure that they'd stay pure, yeah. right? Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. So it's a job hazard if they run into somebody that's been exposed to a dead body or whatever. Anyway, so going on these people are putting themselves in the place where the nations are supposed to be gathering. Right. And they're taking up the space with their merchandise and stuff like that. Why? Because it's prime real estate to sell stuff. Right. And then I think you've got some,
1: some notes here to talk read about that. some of these points. So that, that part, yeah. You go ahead and take it from so there. So it says, uh,
0: um, The merchants and money changers had set up their booths in the court of the Gentiles in the temple, crowding out the Gentiles who had come from all over the civilized world to worship God. The merchants were selling sacrificial animals at high prices and taking advantage of those who had come long distances. The money changers would also deceive foreigners who didn't know the exchange rates. Yeah. So it's not just as if these guys are doing some pure of heart, we want to be available oh, for the people. Oh, they're selling
1: on the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, they were selling on the
0: yeah, Sabbath. But, but meaning pure of, they're doing something pure of heart because they are, are feeling for the people and they want to be a, a resource for them, Right. If that were the case, they'd be selling everything, like, at cost or whatever, you know what I mean? But this is not the case, right? These guys were doing um, kind of some shady business. Right. And not only were they doing shady business, they're doing it right there in the place where the people yeah. can't fit now.
1: So basically, the government's bad, Rome. Oh, and yeah. And you've got the religious institution is bad. Oh, yeah. So it's nothing against Judaism or the Jews. It's just that it was a crooked system. Correct. It could be any 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 amount of system so uh so what did yeshua say as he cleared out the temple it is written my house shall be called the house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves
0: so he says his house shall be called a house of prayer and uh, this can be found in isaiah chapter 56 and verse 7 you can go there sweet
1: yeah basically uh, i want to go and read verses one through eight. Oh, that's perfect now Keeping it in context. So what what they're doing is they're quoting a verse, but they want you to go back and read it in context. So there's some other things going on as well. And the
0: people that he's saying this to would have
1: understood. I think so. So this is called keeping the Sabbath. So let's read Isaiah 56 verses one through eight. The reference is actually verse seven, but we're gonna check this out and keep it in context. So just think about this. For, For cheating people, you've ruined the Sabbath. Think about that now. So because you cheated, now you make the Sabbath bad. Well, and these people represent God to the people that are coming. I'm just saying he's keeping it in context. So thus saith the Lord, keep ye judgment and do justice, for my salvation is near to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. See? Hallelujah. Keeping his hand from doing any evil. So if you're cheating and lying and, and money changers... Neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my sabbaths, and choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than of the sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, one that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taketh hold of my covenant. Even then will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Hallelujah. Now here's the last verse to keep it in context. They're saying, hey... What kind of people are going to be joining the Lord? Right? Mm -hmm. Well, the son of the stranger will join to the Lord. The eunuchs are going to join to the Lord, Mm -hmm. unto the Lord. Verse 8 really says it all. The Lord God, which gathereth the outcasts of Israel, saith, yet will I gather others to him beside those that are gathered unto him. So all of us that are coming out of the nations are being gathered unto the Lord, to the Jewish people, and to Israel. We are being gathered. We are having a, a mindset of that. So, I love that part of it, you know?
0: Uh, I love it too. And just some encouragement um, because it says, even them I will bring into my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. Um, Actually, I'll tell you what, verse 5 is really the one that encourages me the most because not only are we accepted, right? Not only are we able to go, because the question in the New Testament isn't can the Jews be saved, the question in the New Testament is can the Gentiles be grafted in, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's the question, that's the, the big story of the gospel to the Gentiles. Hey, you get to be a
1: part of the kingdom of the God. The uncircumcised are brought in.
0: Correct. But verse five says this for those that, you know, are doing the things that you mentioned in those verses, right? Number five, it says, Even to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of the sons and daughters. Cause he says he calls us sons, right? That because of Yeshua's sermon, we told are you called that. sons. Jeremy and Bell. He did. Two. He did. Jeremy Gimpel sitting right here,
1: because of you, in the joining the middle of the night, <laughs> because of you joining. That's right. See, you because think about, about it: that if moment. you're
0: born in the house, then there's an expectation laid on you since birth. So the fact that you keep the Sabbath as you know uh, uh, somebody that's born into it is not as excellent as somebody from the nations who sees God and falls in love with Him and His ways and then starts doing these things. You know, of course, God likes that. You know, He's like, "Oh, this is
1: cool." you know well there's a place for everybody you know Amen. and that's why because we know what we know we got to show people grace and mercy and long suffering and patience and empathy exactly. and you know so who did Yeshua heal as they came into the temple the blind and the lame so not only is he making a ruckus
0: right with turning over the, the money changers and all that he came
1: to him the the blind and lame came to him
0: and he heals him he heals them. right in front of the, the leadership right
1: in front of him so he's multitasking Oh man, <laughs> he's turned tables over. He's healing. <laughs> his his awesomeness can't
0: be overstated. Imagine, oh, okay. I mean, talk about like you know, like, you ever been to a concert and like there's a build up for like a rock star. You know, you had like the pre show and yeah. everything. You know, and like everybody's like, Wah! Yeah. I mean, imagine like bigger than any show you've ever been to, better than anything.
1: Yeshua. You know, it it, it goes to say that we can. Check out Matthew 21, verses 15 and 16. I'm going to think about this because now there's a response. Yes. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, Hmm. and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased, and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? He's quoting Psalm 8 2, which is this. I don't even have to go there. I wrote it out. He's quoting Psalm 8 2. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies. Mm. That, that, oh, oh, wow. That they might still the enemy and the avenger, still them. Yeah. So here. Are the 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 enemy and the Avengers were the chief priests, you know, and he was defending those that were coming to be healed, and they're and they're crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, but yet there's the enemy. You see how he, he played oh, that out. He's saying, "You chief priests are the enemies." But check this out. That's weird. Check this out. That's imagine like
0: wild. imagine for a second, just reading this at face value. Imagine the chief priests and the scribes see the wonderful things that he did, healing the lame. Healing, you know, giving sight to the blind, right? The wonderful things he did. And then the people crying out that he's the Messiah. But
1: not the wonderful response that he got, but what he did.
0: And they were sore displeased. They were angry. They're mad. Why are they mad? Because they're jealous. They're jealous. Because he showed up to those people that they should have been helping all along and had neglected.
1: You know what? This is very good because he's got his priorities straight because he's very diversified. I'm going to prove it to you. He, okay. He's diversified, because look what happens. He's well-rounded. There. I'm going to prove it to you. Where did Yeshua lodge after leaving the temple? Bethany. Okay. Now, hear me out.
0: Bethany. I want to read
1: something. I want to read John 12, verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. And Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Now, he's going to go be back with his friends. He took care of business. He helped the outside world, the public sector of life. Yeah. And now he's going to go back with some friends and be with some friends. He's got a well-rounded life. I like this. I know. It's I like, want to be one of those friends. That, I mean, we could just get mad and be mad all day. What would you do? I turned tables over. Imagine being Lazarus. But imagine, What do you say to him? But what about this though? What if what if you what if I got angry at something, okay, and and it's early in the day and I get angry and I have a, I, I got a righteous indignation. Sure, you know how like how you feel about phones. Yeah, all of a sudden it just wells up in you. Well, then throughout the day, maybe you're able to pray for someone or help somebody or console somebody. Yeah, and then you know you know then you can hang out with with some friends, or be with some friends. You know, chill out,
0: take a take a breather.
1: I know that. Uh, It's funny, you know, I was just thinking, you know, and and I don't want to look back and say, man, I really wish I would have went with him. So Josiah wants me to go with him somewhere. Yeah. Later today. Okay. So he's like, yeah, come on, you know. And so I said, "Eh, I don't don't know, you know, I said, all right, I'm going. I was like, that one son didn't go, but then he went. That's right. So I just don't want to look back and say, you know, I should have seized that moment and went with him. So, yeah. So today, later on, I'm going to go with him. That's cool. So it's a balancing act. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's what he really proves.
0: It's funny. I have those those opportunities with Christian all the time, my oldest son or my my only son. <coughs> where like, you know, he's into stuff that I'm not into because he's a 13-year-old boy and he's into right. just yeah. stuff that, but like I've learned so much and I've I've tried to be interested and I'm participating right. with him why? Because it's not all he knows is that dad was with me. Yeah. He doesn't care that I
1: it's true. You know. Be it. there for them. Right. You know, reverse the curse. Yes. You know, I'll tell you, just like David paid the price for his sins, mm. I'm paying the price for my sins. Amen. All but, of us are. But not to that degree, but still, I'm just saying that reverse the curse. Yes. You know, so if my kids got an event, I could go to it. Yeah. And see them, praise God, and support them. I mean, even I today, you're it. you're going to events. Yeah. You got so
0: many events to go to, like yeah. you can't even go to all. Happening at the same no, time. No, I can't you know? see Briella's yeah. game
1: because I got to go to Micah's. Yeah, because But it's okay. Your my... wife can go to the other one. So you she like, is. you know, she is. That's so as we'll a team,
0: up. now you're covering yeah. both bases. So we got to get rolling here. Listen, I, you know, this is this is the crux of of Christian life. So
1: Bethany was a village about two miles from Jerusalem on the eastern slope of the Mount of Olives. So the other one was on the southeastern slope. This one's yeah. on the eastern. slope. So this slope. is where we get some good discussions. This yeah. is why you know somebody came up, Mary came up, said, "Oh, Pastor Nick, you do so good on the outlines. These are so good. Yeah. That you know the the outline because it makes you think. You got to, You know it's like the yeah. uh, it's like anything. You have to think about it. Make it relevant. Right. So if so, we're talking
0: the eastern slope, yeah, western slope is what's facing the temple, right? Yeah. So you would go over it to the other side. So Bethany's going to be on the other side. It would have to be. Of yeah. The mountain.
1: yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, discuss why the Temple Mount is relevant for today and all the prophecies concerning it. And if you want to read Second Thessalonians, chapter two, verses one through four, we'll get into this. Second Thessalonians, chapter two, verses one through four. Here's the question. Uh, Somebody was in the group in one of the uh, groups and said, I never thought about this. I've never talked about this. I've never heard about this. Discuss why the Temple Mount is relevant for today and all the prophecies concerning it. Mm-hmm. They were like, "I never heard of this. I don't know anything about it." Boom, seed planted. Wow. So read Second Thessalonians chapter two verses one through four. So
0: uh, we obviously don't have enough time to cover this whole subject. By the way, no, but no, we can touch on. We're, we're hitting it though. So uh, chapter two verses one through four in Second Second <laughs> Second Thessalonians
1: Thessalonians. <laughs> Thessalonians. <laughs> So now,
0: brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together of him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. So what was going on in context? People were writing letters, pretending to be apostles, right? Including Paul, saying that Jesus has already returned and that they missed it. Yeah. Right? So verse 3, let no one deceive you by any means For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. And this falling away means rebellion.
1: And so the discussion is, well, a building has to go up on the temple mount for the Antichrist to sit there. More Jews are going to the temple mount now than ever before.
0: So the Temple Mount is relevant for today for a myriad of reasons, but not the least of which is we, as a generation, we want to merit seeing the Temple of God, which we have to be very clear. The Holy Temple. See the Holy Temple in its place, its proper place in Jerusalem, on Mount Moriah. Moriah meaning the place God chooses, right? He chose it back in Abraham's day when Abraham went up there to sacrifice Isaac and God stopped him. All, all of this has... To happen, right? So may we be the generation that merits seeing this happen. This is a holy place. This is where God's manifest presence on earth and His
1: name is dwelt. There. And you got to remember also that um, we are the temple of God. But God had two temples, and there's going to be a third one. And and like we need to be just. We need to be wise. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we are the temple. The temple of God is is the temple. Yeah, and that's a marker. It's to let people know, geographically speaking, hey, something's getting ready to happen. So let's jump into um, Yeshua Curses the Fig Tree, and I'll read Matthew chapter 21, verses 18 to 22. Jesus and the unfruitful fig tree. Here we go. Now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. and When he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon. But leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Wow, what a conclusion. Yeah, man. So think about it. You know, uh, in Mark 11, 13, letter B, the second part of that verse, I, I just want to say this. Okay. Because you let scripture interpret scripture. So in Mark 11, 13 B, it says, for the times of figs was not yet. Mm. Now that's a little twist. It sure is. How can you expect figs on a tree mm. If they're not going to be there. Yeah. What I tend to believe is because of the unbelief of the Jewish people, that's why he cursed the fig tree. Mm. Like your time has not come. So he cursed that time period, that time. Mm. But yet the figs weren't there for him to eat. So he's almost saying the figs are going to come and then they're going to believe. That's just my thought. So I'm just thinking, you know, so why did Jesus curse the fig tree? This was not a thoughtless, angry act, but an acted-out parable. Jesus was showing his anger at religion without substance, just like the fig tree looked good from a distance, but was fruitless on close examination. The temple looked impressive at first glance, but its sacrifices and other activities were hollow because they were not done to worship God sincerely. That's deep.
0: It is. I also wonder um, That's deep. I also wonder if, if this parable was a demonstration of faith. Or and an example too. of faith, because the fruit of our lives it will be expressed in our faith, in how we live out that faith and express that faith. And so this fig tree, without fruit, was faithless, right?
1: That's a good point.
0: And so without faith, it's impossible to please God. Clearly, Yeshua was very displeased with this fig tree, and he cursed it. And then, and then right, it withers away. What did the disciples say as they marveled at the how fig tree? How soon is the fig tree
1: wither away? But man, that happened fast, like. He cursed it, and then boom, it just wilted. Because he, he's stronger than nature. Oh, yeah. See, God's above nature. He That's can right. walk on water, curse fig trees. And here we are in the flesh all the time, in the, in the natural. It doesn't get us anywhere. Yeah. It gets us closer to the dirt. Right. From where we came from. And so I, I, I like that, how, how he, he just could put coins in a fish's mouth, you know. He can do supernatural things. He's an, he can do the impossible. He's the impossible God. He can do make things possible that are impossible. Right. You know, because with God, all things are possible. Remember about the rich? Oh, yeah. They can come into the kingdom, too. That's right. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive Hallelujah. Course, within within the kingdom of God. But he's like, listen, I just cursed a fig tree and, and, it, and it and it withered away. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, you can ask anything in my name and, it, and it'll be done just like I did this fig tree. But within God's will. Sure. You know, because I I got to the point where I really wanted specific things. But then I realized, you know, I want your perfect will. So sometimes it's a waiting game.
0: It is. And I, I wonder about that sometimes. Like, come on, Lord. Like I asked. You said, let's go. You know, let's do this. And I don't know if that's my uh, my indignation or, or maybe I'm being uh, presumptuous, you know. Um, but I don't know. I, sometimes I, I really feel it, you know. I feel like I have the faith to believe. And then when it doesn't come through, you're like, well, Lord, if this is a faith-building exercise is, like, how does that work? And I guess it's because it doesn't happen and you still have the faith, you know? Maybe that's how it's an exercise of faith.
1: You know, I would love, you know, for the growth of Beit Tehila in numbers to be evident. Yeah. But I really feel like the remnant is stronger. Oh, yeah. That is true. Yeah. And you have a lot of people that have been here for more than eight years. Yeah. And it's a pretty solid group, you know? I don't like dread coming to work, you know? Yeah. But... It's like and there's a lot of variety. There's a lot of challenges. Wow, it's fruits,
0: flakes, and nuts.
1: And it's like, you know, <laughs> I'm at the point now where after twenty years coming up, it's like to me, it's like I believe they're gonna get it. Yeah. I believe they're gonna get it. You know, I uh I had someone come into my office when we were talking and they they said to me, You know, I was reading my Bible and I was at home and God told me I was Israel. He showed me. That's cool. And uh, and I said, I've been telling you for 20 years, <laughs> and you never got it. <laughs> and I know. She's, she says, I know, I know, but, uh, but God showed me. I'm grafted huh? in. I'm part <laughs> of Israel. I'm part, and I'm like, how You're many— You're like, I say it every week. How many teachings have I done? <laughs> but this is what I'm saying, though. You know, the the lights are on, but nobody's It's just—what it is, it's proof that it's revelation, not information. I know. Right. But but even as much as I hammer identity, identity, it's so important to 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 understand why we do what we do. Yeah. And then take that faith and back it up, and then 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 expound on that part. You know, like the dance is going to be restored. Sure. It's found twice in Jeremiah 31. So we have the dance. You know, and you can see all the new people when we're dancing. I watch them, and they're smiling. They're pointing like, look at this. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. What you you guys dance you know and yeah. so you know i get to watch yeah cuz you don't see that in churches no, if you come yeah. from a normal church normal you don't see people holding hands and going around the church dancing oh no that would be out of line for sure no, that would be the jesus movement back in the 70s dude i watched you know? that
0: movie the other day woodlawn you told me about I it did. i did it's about the jesus movement but it's it's within the context of like a football team in alabama um so it's a football movie and a Jesus Movement movie. So it's pretty cool. You should watch it. I, I,
1: we need a Jesus Movement, I tell you. You know, where's, the, where's, the, where's the, the, the chance to be personable with one another? Yeah. You know, like you and I doing this podcast, you know. Personal. This ain't Zoom. We're in the flesh, We're in the, flesh, <laughs> we're in the same room. We're in, we're in the same room. This isn't CGI. No. No, we're really here. So, so uh, here's, here's the, the question. What kind of mountains do you face? Have you talked to God about them? What would strengthen your faith? Mm. You know, I have this little saying here from the Bible. You have not because you ask not. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's nothing I wouldn't do for my kids. Sure. You know, they're coming in. Hey, you got a couple of dollars, Dad? I want to get a, I want to get a drink. Oh, I see it all the time, too. I want to get a couple of dollars. And there's eight of them, so. Yeah, I'd say, like, hey, can I get a, you know, oh, come on, you know. So they, you know, I'm going to build it. to keep more than a couple bucks on addition. You. <laughs> but, yeah, to me, it's, there's nothing I wouldn't do for them, you know. Yeah, amen. Right now, Nehemiah's got my, uh, you know, my headphones <laughs> you know and it's like it's fine you know yeah because there's nothing i wouldn't do for him of course so mm-hmm. i love that part of it yeah you know where there's nothing you wouldn't do for him mm-hmm. if you can do it well that's god's heart it's yeshua he was not guaranteeing that we will get anything we want simply by asking him and believing god does not grant requests that would hurt us or that would violate his nature or will right so you know so that's a that's an important part uh, to face the things that we have to face. You know, I just, I just believe, you know, when you stop and think about it, what do you want to show for your life? And I watch other people's lives and I see what's going on and I look at my own life and I say, you know, I want to show that I was faithful to the community and my family and I did everything he wanted me to do. I want to show that for my life. And to love others and to be kind and to experience the things that God has for me personally. Yeah. That you can't experience with others or with the world, but that you can experience personally with him. You know, and that's what the Lord's been, really been showing me that a true leader is 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 lonely. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, because here's the thing. If you find your little fix with your wife and your kids in the church, not with God. Mm, yeah it, It's loneliness. Yep. You know. Uh, i've been in the house full of people and been lonely amen been but lonely. I know that I, I i i mean i'm not saying i 'm there now but i've been there but i 'm saying that if I can just really in all sincerity go to the Lord and spend time with him and talk with him about everything like you and I talk yeah you know and i and i 've been calling him my friend mm-hmm. Jesus is my friend that 's right, and I never say oh jesus you don't understand because that's foolish that's ignorance. He understands everything. Boy, does he! He suffered. He carried all the sins of the world, past, present, future. He uh, was rejected, spit upon, plucked his beard, beat his back. I mean, I'm sorry. What are you going to go to him Talk
0: about? Talk about being betrayed. I you mean, know? Ultimate oh yeah. Betrayal. So,
1: so my rejection doesn't even level. At that level, doesn't even register. N- not even close. No, not no. even, not even a little bit. And that's the thing that I have to realize as well, and you have to realize yeah. is that we will be rejected. Absolutely. You know, I, I've seen in, in the group some, some manifestations of spirits. Ooh, Th- not in a bad, bad way, sure. but an agitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The person was agitated because ag- that was a spirit. Because you're in the group now and you're you're isolated and you're discussing Jesus and the gospel and yep. what he said and what he did with others, and right. they're interjecting, and all of a sudden there can be a manifestation yes. even in our circles. Probably, you probably you've seen it. I'm oh sure. yeah, now I understand so, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like you could see a response. Right. So, do you have any uh, feedback? So, uh,
0: about what you just said, I mean, I've I've witnessed it personally. I think that um, you know, we talked just a second ago that the Holy Spirit does three things, right? It convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And I think when uh, these, when people get around righteousness and it convicts them, they feel the Holy Spirit tugging on them. It's a battle within them, and so sometimes they will react in ways that don't make sense but it's because there's an internal battle going on. The Lord is convicting them, and maybe it's you being righteous. Maybe you didn't do anything. Maybe you're being kind and loving and compassionate and righteous, you know, all all in one, but then people react in a certain way to you, but it's because of the internal battle within them and the Spirit's fighting, you know, yeah. that they react in the way that they do. So you can't take things personally uh, because you have to recognize that, you know, we don't battle flesh and blood, right? You're not battling right. that, that individual. Uh, in most cases, it's—, it's you know, it's a, it's a spiritual issue. So we have two points. You can go first. That we learn.
1: I'm still thinking about that. There's a lot of good points here. There, There is a Quite a, a, bit.
0: a ton here. My first point is uh, the people are crying out to Jesus the way that we should cry out. Hosanna to the son of David. He is the promised son of David. God promised Abraham, right? And Jacob prophesied over Judah. He said, until Shiloh come, right? Right. Shiloh meaning to him to whom the right belongs. Yeshua is him whom to the right belongs, who the right belongs to, right? Um, And so he is the fulfillment of prophecy. His existence is God's promise fulfilled. And the promise was made... To the forefathers and because of what Yeshua did in his sacrifice now we are partakers of those promises Galatians 3 29 says if you are in Christ you are the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise amen Wow and so we get all of those things because we're grafted into Israel we're grafted into the kingdom and so I think that's pretty cool um, and when we cry out what do we cry out Hosanna to the son of David save us right salvation um, I would say um, <laughs> my second point has to do with faith. Um, you know, he says several different times he compares faith to different things, right? Faith as a mustard seed. Mustard seeds are little f- seeds.
1: that make, do, they, do they make
0: mustard? Absolutely. You grind them. mustard we have as a condiment? Right. You grind mustard, and that's how you make mustard.
1: Mustard's important.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mustard is So funny. So, so, but mustard seeds, uh, like if you think about things, the seeds that build big trees, right? So like your fruit trees, you got big seeds for the most part, you know, avocado seed, mango seed, right? Acorns to make an oak tree. These are all bigger seeds. But, you know, you've got a small seed, the mustard seed, that makes a tree. Yeah, and the birds are prey. Right. And the the birds, you know, get to nest in it. The birds get to nest Um, in it. The fig tree here, right? When he curses the fig tree, I feel like he's cursing the faithlessness because that's true. You can do the works and not have the faith. And that's why I was telling you earlier. I said, it's, you know, we study in the Hebrew roots and we read our Bibles and we know things and we always want to be right, right? So we get this spirit of haughtiness about, like, oh, let me tell you why you're wrong. Yeah. But are we worshiping God? Right. Are we slowing down and receiving from the Lord? Are we praying? You know, because he says, anything you ask, Okay, but are we, are we praying? Are we spending time in his presence with him? Not just reading, but like praying, you know? And I just feel like um, this parable, that's probably like a big key. Faith. How do we gain faith? Through the actions, you know? That's true. the word.
1: So those are your two? Those are my two. All right, I have two, uh, which really kind of is relevant for today. Uh, so much you could say or do, but... Yeah, of course. Number one, the church sanctuary is a sacred place keep it holy amen the church yes the local church amen you know they're being shut down and not opening back up well you know what if it's gonna be open it needs to be a sacred place a holy place number two when you pray for something believe you will get it yeah praise God you know and that's why you don't have to pray a specific thing but when you pray for God's will then you're going to get what he's going to give you. That's right. And you won't be disappointed. Amen. Well, I was praying for this, but he gave you that. Yeah. And his is, is always better than what you were. So you can pray us out. So. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We're so blessed. God, we, we are sitting on a gold mine, Lord. And so we just thank you that that you've given us the revelation to know you and to know your son, that you chose us to have faith, God. And we just pray that our faith is a blessing. And we say... Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Baruch haba Adonai. We desire the return of Yeshua. We want to see him enter the gates, God. Triumphal entry is what we want to see, God. Bo, Yeshua, bow. We pray for your return. We love you. We thank you for giving us the revelation to seek your return, God. And we just pray in, in Yeshua's mighty name, all of the things that we have on our hearts, God, all of the prayer requests that people are are having as they're watching this, all the mountains, God, that stand in their way, God, we pray that these mountains would be moved and we cast them aside, Lord. Flatten them into valleys in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. 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 All right, you can reach out to me. You can comment, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff for us. Uh, if you want to email me, it's ryan at twopraise.net. That comes directly to my inbox and I will respond, respond, respond accordingly. Love you guys. Bless you. Have a great week.